first off, I was like, why, why are CrossFit Games athletes hurdling? <laughs> like, it, t- it took me 12 years to figure out yeah. how to master it, but I got it in 24 I can, hours. I can we, teach her. We sure, can do this. Sure. <laughs> and so, honestly, it was just like, I just wanted to help. Mm-hmm. And hurdling is one of my favorite events. Okay. Um, I love it inside the heptathlon, and it's something that I know, like I know my first name. This is episode number 70 with Tiffany Parker. Welcome to Pursuing Health. I'm Julie Fouché, family medicine resident and former CrossFit Games athlete. Here, I bring to you information and inspiration from experts and everyday individuals for how to use lifestyle to maximize health. Thank you so much for joining me. Now let's get started with this week's episode. Hey everyone, welcome back to Pursuing Health. In this episode, I sit down with USA track and field athlete Tiffany Parker. In the CrossFit world, you may have heard of her because she works alongside endurance guru Chris Hinshaw as the sprinting coach to many top competitors, including Camila bonk Katrin David's daughter, and CrossFit Mayhem Freedom. Tiffany grew up playing volleyball, and she had a late start to the heptathlon, but picked it up very quickly, placing fourth at junior nationals shortly after learning the sport. She went on to compete at the collegiate level while studying business and marketing at Azusa Pacific University, and there she fell in love with training alongside an elite community of athletes that she would continue to train with as a professional heptathlete after graduation. Since qualifying for the national team and competing at Olympic trials in 2016, Tiffany has moved her training to Dallas, Texas, and has her sights set on the 2018 IAAF World Championships. I caught up with Tiffany in Cookville, Tennessee earlier this year, and we talked about some of the highs and the lows of her track career, the absolutely crazy story of how she became involved in the CrossFit world initially, and what wisdom she has to share from her experiences. A few quick reminders before we get started with the episode. First, if you're enjoying the podcast, please head over to iTunes to subscribe and consider giving it a rating. It really does help. I'm also always looking for inspiring stories to share. If you or someone you know has used lifestyle to overcome a serious health challenge, please send your story to me at info at juliefouché.com and I'll select some to share here on future episodes. You can check out my online training programs through Beyond the Whiteboard at trainwithjuliefouché.com. And finally, please remember that although I'm now officially a doctor, this podcast is meant to share the experiences of individuals and does not provide medical advice. So let's get started here. Episode 70 of Pursuing Health featuring Tiffany Parker. Welcome to Pursuing Health. I'm so excited to be here with Tiffany Parker. I'm excited to be here with you. And Lots of things to talk about, but we're actually right now in mm-hmm. Cookville training with Chris Hinshaw and a number of CrossFit Games athletes. So I thought maybe we could just start out with what brought you here. Yeah. Why are you here in Cookville <laughs> with all these CrossFit Games athletes? <laughs> well, it started in 2015. I was, I don't know, it was probably maybe 10 in the evening. Okay. I get an email and it's from Chris Hinshaw. Uh-huh. And outside of Dan Bailey, like, my whole CrossFit knowledge and the idea of the community is very, very, very limited. Okay. So I didn't even really know what Chris did, who he was. And he was just like, okay, um, you're (laughs) a specialist in hurdles. And this is one of the events that we're going to have at the games. Okay. And I need your help. I have this athlete and I want you to work with them. Uh And he didn't tell me who the athlete was. He didn't tell me anything. 
And I responded back to him at like 11 p.m. And like, this yeah, was sure. like in the middle of the game. So oh, yeah. He's like, we have 48 hours. hours. Okay, 48 yeah. hours. 48 hours. All right. Got the email. <laughs> and 12 like, hours later, I was at a track or at a, it was a football stadium. Wow. And I packed my car up with some hurdles and I got there and it ended up being Camille. Okay. <laughs> and I was like, okay, cool. Still really yeah. didn't know who I was dealing with. <laughs> My thing was just like, this person needs help and I yeah. want to help him. And so he was like, well, you're in Pasadena and I'm in Manhattan Beach, which is, which is like an hour and 15 oh, okay. minutes away. And I was just like, okay, not a problem. I'll just pack my Jeep and bring some hurdles and we'll be good. That's amazing. And Chris was just like, who is this girl? <laughs> like, did, well, is she really going to do that? Are you sure? So, yeah. <laughs> what, packed- so what made you, what were you thinking when you got the email and what made you say yeah I'll drive an hour and 15 minutes and do this first off I was like why are CrossFit Games athletes hurdling <laughs> like it, t- it took me 12 years to figure out yeah. how to master it but I got it in 24 I can, hours I can we, teach her we sure, can do this sure. <laughs> and so honestly it was just like I just wanted to help mm-hmm. and hurdling is one of my favorite events okay. um, I love it inside the heptathlon and it's something that I know like I know my first name mm-hmm. and so just having the opportunity to go help someone that a is an elite athlete and B is an elite athlete trying to figure out how to be an elite athlete in an event that's extremely technical to understand. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just like, let's do it. Why not? And so, yeah. yeah, I got there, unpacked my car, brought some hurdles and 45 minutes to an hour, we just kind of went over sprint dynamics okay. and showed her how to hurdle. And that's then that amazing. ended up, I ended up going to the games and I ended up working with Matt Frazier and then working with Brooke Entz and people, all these names are being thrown at me. <laughs> And I'm like, uh, okay, I don't, sure. sure, I'll help you. <laughs> so like, I'm seeing some of my friends who are huge into CrossFit yeah. just at the game. I'm just casually walking with Chris Henshaw. Yeah, la la la. One of my friends is like, "Do you know who you're walking with?" And I'm like, "Who, Chris?" They're like, "That's the Chris Henshaw." I'm like, "Okay, cool." So I'm like down working with Brooke. Yeah, and I like post a picture of her, like trying to get her into the stance of sprinting. Yeah. People are like, what? Like, mind blown. (laughs) Like, how is this random track athlete with all of these, like, top CrossFit athletes in the world? So that's kind of how it happened in 2015. And then I ended up coming to Cookville last year. Okay. And then I ended up working with Katrin and then the the Mayhem team. And it kind of just rolled from there. I just built great relationships with these people. And I just get a chance to help them learn more about sprinting and just different various events that I know being a Mm multi-athlete as a track and field athlete. That's amazing. And so you can see how it pays off to sometimes take a risk and go out and answer that strange request at 11 o'clock at night. And he couldn't believe it. He was just like, it's 11 p.m. And this girl actually wrote me back within three minutes. (laughs) And I'm a grandma. I sleep at nine. So the (laughs) fact that I was actually still awake awake to get that. It was, it was just meant to be. That's so and, amazing. Yeah, so. Wow. So coming in as someone who really wasn't familiar with CrossFit mm-hmm. at all, what has it been like? I mean, from that first experience at the games, it's kind of like information overload, but even then getting to understand CrossFit a little bit better, what has it been like from your vantage point? Um, honestly, working with kids has helped me a lot okay. because I've in just the experiences that I have, if I'm able to relay the information that I have to a seven or six year old mm-hmm. child, I can teach a grown adult that's top in the world yeah. how to do what I do. Okay. And you kind of just have to take it back to the basics and you, you can't overwhelm them because mm-hmm. they're just like me. CrossFit athletes have to have multiple things inside of their arsenal. Mm-hmm. Me, I know what my seven multiple things are going to be for mm-hmm. them. Anything can be thrown at them. Right. So I can't overload them with, 
a bunch of science of like, this is why you have to be at this angle. This is why you have to be at this angle. Mm -hmm. It's I have to figure out some analogy or some way to make it so that they're receptive to understanding and actually knowing what I'm telling them Mm -hmm. instead of just like, I need you to be an elite sprinter. This is how you become an elite sprinter. It's like, no, I need you to hold a coffee cup on your toe, throw some (laughs) eggs into the ground and we're good. And people look at me like, how do you know how to do that? And that's just the way that I learn. Yeah. And so I figure if I can teach a seven year old, like I'm not going to tell them I need you to dorsiflex your foot or keep the angle, your right angle of your arm. They're going to look at me and just pretty much get overwhelmed and probably walk away. Right. So you have to, you have to be able to express it in a means of they're going to be receptive to it. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, the same type of community that I have being a heptathlete, mm-hmm. we're a small group. Um, track and field, being a multi and being an open track and field athlete are totally different things. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like a family. So you see the same people all the time. Um, you're competing against a book, but you're also competing against each other. Mm-hmm. And so there's just that dynamic that you have, that community feel. And I feel like that's the parallel with CrossFit. Um, you guys are extremely relationship oriented and you're mm-hmm. community oriented as well. And I feel like that's the reason why I'm able to bleed into the CrossFit communities because I have the same type of community being a multi-athlete mm-hmm. as well. So yeah, that's kind of how it's been. It hasn't been a lot different. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I was just really nervous when I realized the the caliber of the athletes that I actually got a chance to work with. Right. But to me, it's like I don't I don't care if you're a common person and you need help running, or right. you're top three in the world and you need help running. I have no problems helping you learn how to sprint because I know that's what I would rather have you do it in the correct positions mm-hmm. than to go out and just try to do it and end up hurting yourself in the long run. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it should be enjoyable. That's awesome. And from your perspective, we were kind of talking about this yesterday, mm-hmm. but sprinting is one of those things that's kind of neglected oftentimes in gyms or even in the elite athletes in our training, or it's Mm -hmm. something that we don't often have a lot of specialized coaching for. Mm -hmm. So are there, I mean, are there simple things that you've been able to, we obviously are not practicing the amount of time that, that we, that you have as a, as a track athlete, but like, are there simple things that you've been able to really see progress in some of these elite athletes in their sprinting? Oh, for sure. It's so funny to me because (laughs) like, I feel it, Chris talks about it in his seminar also. It's like your major muscle groups, your major muscle groups. Well, the only comparison that I've seen with most of the CrossFit athletes that I've worked with are every, everything that they do is lower body dominant and they kind of neglect just the small muscle group like your arms Mm -hmm. and so they're they're trying to sprint and they're trying to put all this power into the ground Mm -hmm. but everything works simultaneously your if your arms aren't moving efficiently your legs aren't going to move efficiently Mm -hmm. you can't try to force a position if you're not giving your body a chance to reach that position and so for me I kind of had to learn that with CrossFit athletes I work from the top down versus regular like Mm -hmm. people that are learning how to sprint and people that are a track and field athlete Mm -hmm. you you would work from the bottom up. Interesting. And so, okay. it, I mean, it, it's just the nature of right. CrossFit. From what I've seen with the right. athletes that I've gotten a chance to work with, that kind of seems like it's the determining factor. So if I can get them to think, apply force with your arm swing, mm-hmm. then their legs match it. Instead of me trying to do it the textbook way and start from the bottom and these are the angles that your feet right. have to be in. It's like, no, let's get your body in those positions first mm-hmm. and then we can we can kind of go from there. Very interesting. So that's been really cool and very different. Um, I came to that aha moment yesterday mm-hmm. when I was working with Angelo. Interesting. And I was just like, wow, Tia, <laughs> Angelo, like 
because they have similar problems. Interesting. Camille had a similar problem. So I think that's that might be the underlining is work from the top. From the top yeah, down. Top down. Interesting. Okay. So well, well I want to talk to you just about your background and your history. Yeah. And maybe first you can just start off by, because I know we've mentioned the Air Heptathlete, but mm. what exactly are the events in the <laughs> Heptathlon? Because people are listening. Maybe they don't know. I know there's a lot of them, but let's start there. Yeah. So the Heptathlon there are seven different disciplines. Okay. So the way the heptathlon works, it's broken up in between two days. Okay. So the first day you do four events. The second day you come back, you do three events. Huh. The first day events are 100 meter hurdles. Okay. And then we high jump. We throw shot put. Okay. And then we run 200 meters. So we get to chill, eat, recover, mm-hmm. come back the next day. We long jump. Mm-hmm. We throw javelin. And then we run the 800. Oof. Yeah, and we have finished with a bang, right? Let me tell you, but um, so we get thirty minutes, anywhere between thirty minutes up to an hour, depending on where you are. Minimum of thirty minutes in between each event. Okay. Sometimes, if you're in Europe, they kind of just like to chill. You end up getting an hour and a half. So, um, yeah, that's that's really it. That order is always the same. Okay. There's no surprise. Like we're gonna throw the eight hundred and right. My seven are kind of, they're routine. You know what to expect. Mm -hmm. Okay. But still similar to CrossFit in the fact that you're doing multiple events a day. Mm -hmm. You have to know how to space your rest and your nutrition and all those things. So Everything is programmed. Everything for me is I have my weightlifting in the morning. Mm -hmm. That's a two hour session. I get a three hour break. I come back in the afternoon. I hurdle. I maybe might do some javelin or shot Mm -hmm. put. Come back later on in the evening, 6 p.m. I do my sprinting workout. I do recovery post same process the way that my training program kind of works though mm-hmm. is um i hurdle on mondays and thursdays okay and shot put is always the opposite day of javelin so if i throw shot put mondays and wednesdays i throw javelin tuesdays and thursdays okay and saturday is always my endurance day okay um so that's when i really work on my 800 training got it and yeah so and it's pretty much the same routine mm-hmm. mostly every week mm-hmm. i mean I live in Texas now, so if it's snowing or raining yeah. or sun shining, that routine might, <laughs> might like deviate a little, a little bit. bit, but for the most part, it's pretty consistent. Okay. Yeah. And how did you get into heptathlon? I th- I know that it came later in your track mm-hmm. and field career, but let's just start even at the beginning. Yeah. What were you into growing up? Were you always in a runner or a track oh, no. athlete or did I you do all volleyball. different? If you ask okay. me... 15 years ago, I swore to you I was going to college to be a collegiate volleyball player. Okay. And <laughs> I honestly <laughs> got cut my senior year. Really? Oh, my school? gosh. Wow. And it was it was like devastating. I didn't know. Yeah. It was the first time I ever had any rejection athletically. Oh, gosh. And I went to the athletic director, and, like, he was even in shock. And, I mean, a lot of it was just my personality and who hmm. I was. And I, the coach is just like, your personality doesn't match this team. Wow. And I couldn't believe it because I was really like intense okay. when I was little. Okay. And I loved volleyball. Yeah. And you could not tell me that's not what I, like what I wouldn't end up doing for the rest of my life. Wow. And I think at that point it was just a little too intense. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so. <laughs> the rest um, of the team wasn't quite so <laughs> intense not, as not, you were. Not quite. And so it, I just ended up running track and field and I'll be completely honest there was this guy that I liked and I was like oh he runs track I'll run track sure. and that's literally how my track and field <laughs> career started wow and I laugh because we're really good friends uh-huh. and I'm like yeah 
like, I thought you're cute. So yeah. I joined track and field and thank you for starting my career. <laughs> and yeah, that's how I got, I got started. That's in amazing. It. So you started pretty late then. It was um, your senior year of high school. Yeah, or? I started, well, I started my sophomore year of high sophomore school, year of high school. Okay. and I was a triple jumper. Okay. So I didn't do the heptathlon until my junior year of high school. Okay. Um, I was a jumper and I didn't even touch hurdles until my senior year. Wow. And so I kind of did all of these various events. It was a really strong triple jumper. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up going to the University of New Mexico my freshman year on okay. a track scholarship. And um, that was my for high triple sc- jump. Mm-hmm. Okay. My high school. Well, my high school coach, my junior year was kind of like, you should try the heptathlon. You do long jump. Yeah. I can teach you how to hurdle. And I was just like, well, what the heck is a heptathlon? <laughs> so I ended up coming to Tennessee. Oh, believe it or not. Places, yeah. yeah. And I did my first heptathlon there for junior nationals and ended up uh, taking fourth place at wow. junior nationals. And so for me, I still didn't know what the heck I was doing. I didn't know what the score meant. I yeah. didn't know anything. And I kind of put it underneath the rug. I was uh-huh. like, I just want to jump. I like that. <laughs> that's like, fun. That's, that's, that's I know fun. When I was in high school, <laughs> I did, well, I did high jump, like middle school and then early high school. And then I did pole vault. But we, I also ran mm-hmm. sprints, but everyone liked to just do the jumps because then you didn't have to run so Exactly. <laughs> but you know what? Until this day, if there was one thing that I can change for my career, I would have run in high school. Yeah. Because I feel like it would have made me a stronger 200 meter runner now and a stronger mm. 800 meter runner now. Just having and that time. Just, yeah. And you get over the fear of it. Mm. Because when you get older, you already get set in ways. But right. when you experience that fear at a young age, you're just like, Pfft. I've Whatever. done this a million times. We're good. It's not yeah. hard. So that's one thing that I wish I could go back and change is I definitely would have run more um, okay. in high school. And yeah, that brought me through college. And so um, I went to New Mexico. Then I ended up transferring to Azusa Pacific, mm-hmm. where that's like really where my heptathlon career started. Okay. Um, Azusa is one of the top programs in the nation um, in terms of having a multi-program. Okay. I got a chance to train with Brian Clay, who's a silver wow. and gold medalist. Um right after I finished my collegiate eligibility. Mm -hmm. So I had like the ideal training program. It was amazing. I trained with top decathletes. That's amazing. Um, I trained with a Haitian uh, Olympic hurdler. And this was all after I graduated from college. So my training group, the caliber of that was just like freaking through the roof. Wow. And so it elevated me as an athlete to actually like sit back and learn and mm-hmm. not say anything and just kind of observe and take in the, the opportunity that I was presented with because mm-hmm. there are not very many people can, that can say that they were able to train with such an elite program. Right. Um, and the thing is, it was kind of like a family. Like they were, I was like the little sister, didn't really Aww. know anything. I just kind of <laughs> followed and did workouts. Just like, well, they're doing it. I'll yeah. do it. Um, but my coaches were amazing and they were really just like, um, very passionate about me wanting to pursue my post-collegiate career. And I had to work. Yeah. I really had to work. Um, I tell people I wasn't the greatest heptathlete post-collegiately. Like I struggled. I didn't even make nationals for the first two years of me being done. Wow. And that's kind of like what you train for. Like yeah. you train to make U.S. nationals and to make teams. And I honestly, I just wasn't that good. I was, I was a decent athlete, but I had to work yeah. and work. And each year I was like, you know what? 250 points each year. If I just mm-hmm. like keep increasing by 250 points, okay. by the time I get to 2012 or 2016, yeah. like I'm going to be at the Olympic trials. Yeah. And that's what I there did. You were. <laughs> that's amazing. So was it always part of your plan to the, keep training after college or when did you make that oh, decision? Gosh, no. 
No. I was going to be done with college. You, If you asked me what my ideal yeah. goal and job was going to be, I was going to work in the Barbie department for Mattel. Like, <laughs> at corporate. I'm not even kidding down to, like, I had the presentation my senior wow. year. Yeah, went through my master's program, did the interview process. Like, that's what I was going to do. And what did you study in college? Um, I got my undergrad in business administration, and okay. then I got my master's in management and marketing. Okay. And so, uh, yeah, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to work for Barbie. Which is weird because I'm not like a super girly girl, yeah. but yeah, I just, I loved, I loved everything about the corporation. Okay. And then, um, in 2011, my mom passed away. And so okay. that was kind of the, the determining factor of like, what's oh, going on with life? Yeah. yeah. And this plan that I had in place that I thought that I was going to do yeah. was completely turned upside down. Mm. And, um, for me, I didn't really know what was going on because mm-hmm. like my mom passed away with a brain aneurysm okay and so it was a very sudden you're there unexpected. talking to them 10 minutes later they're gone wow and so it it definitely changed my perspective on life now mm-hmm. and just um how I deal with relationships and how I deal with people mm-hmm. because at any given moment like I might not be here like yeah. I might not be able to have an experience with that person mm-hmm. and like that's one of the reasons why when Chris emailed me I responded so fast yeah. it's just because like I do have these tools to be able to offer these people mm-hmm. and like I might not be here in five minutes to be able or a day or yeah. 48 hours or whatever that's going to look like to be able to, sh- to share that with someone yeah. um, so for me uh, my mom had a series of letters and books that she had written for all four of I have wow. three siblings And um, one of the letters that she had written me was like, you know what? I know your love and your determination for Mm -hmm. track and field. And I know how much you sacrifice in terms of family and friendships and Mm -hmm. people. And um, like, don't stop running until God completely takes it away from you. Wow. So for me, I was like, oh God, like that's a lot of pressure. And in this letter you hadn't seen until after she passed away. So she wrote these all to you and saved them. Wow. Yep. No one knew. What an amazing gift. And so I was just like, like uh, now what do like, I do? What do I do? Yeah. And so I talked to my coaches. I called them when I found out everything. Mm-hmm. I found the letter and um I just graduated with my master's degree and I was like, guys, like I know I'm not world class, but can I still stay here? Can I still train? And they were just like, you know, we think that you can do this and we think that you'll make it. <clears throat> so if this is what you want to do, like mm-hmm. we support your decision. And I sat down with Brian and Brian was like, you know what? I'll, I'll do anything and everything that you need me to do. Yeah. Um, this is your home. Like this is what we, we are, your family, yeah. we're your community. Um, so if you want to do this and we'll get it done. And that's so, so amazing that's to have that happened. support and that confidence in yeah. you and your ability. And I didn't even have the confidence yeah. in myself. And like, that's what I love so much about having a team and having a program and mm-hmm. having that community and why I think it's so similar to CrossFit because there's sometimes you're not going to believe in yourself, mm-hmm. but you have someone there that's going to believe in you more than you believe in yourself. And that's what you need Yes, because you're, you're going to waver. You're going to have times where you're mm-hmm. not on your A game for training and you need someone there to tell you like, you know what, like it's a rut. Like you right. can get through this. Like, come on, keep going, keep right. going. So that's what I love about it. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. And what an amazing gift that your mom gave you by writing that letter. And, you know, yeah. although obviously really, you know, oh, I, if to, I didn't find that letter, through, I still yeah. don't think I don't think that I would have continued. Yeah, I I didn't I didn't know what my potential was, mm-hmm. and that letter was just like wow, like I maybe I can be mm-hmm. better than I am right now, and all it was was setting a little mini goal mm-hmm. and reaching that goal each year until I 
put yeah. all the pieces of the puzzle together. That's amazing. And what about in those moments, like when you didn't make the national team or you just missed it? Obviously, there's probably doubts that go through your mind, but what what kept you going and keep to keep pursuing that? Um, honestly, it was the community that I was with, mm-hmm. the people that I were with. Um, it was heartbreaking because yeah. it, it, it's so funny. I laugh and I look back now. I swear, I feel like every time I got good enough for the standard, mm-hmm. they changed the standard. <laughs> I was like, like what guys. the frick, guys? Come on, I'm almost there. <laughs> and so year by year, I would reach the standard and they would change the standard. Uh, I would get to the standard, they would change the standard. <laughs> it's like the carrot, they're just dangling yeah, in front and of I'm you. I'm just like, okay, I'm going to get there. Eventually, I'm going to get yeah. there. And so 2014... I had finally hit the standard mm-hmm. and then I ended up getting injured. Uh, like I had a really, really severe hip injury okay. that put me out for nine months. I had nine Gosh. months of physical therapy. And if it wasn't for my physical therapist, Sean Gately, I would be done. Wow. He like, he literally had to rehab me from walking on a treadmill mm-hmm. to being able to make my first U.S. national travel team. Wow. And so I would have quit because I was like, maybe this is my God aha yeah. moment. He's like taking I it away may from have me. a maybe fracture in my pelvic bone. Like wow. maybe I should be done. And he was just like, nope. I, I cried for nine months walking wow. on a treadmill. Like I'm never going to do this again. <laughs> He's like, yes, you are. Yes, you are. We're going to get you there. We're going to yeah. get you there. And I ended up making a U.S. travel team that year. And wow. so for me, it was just like so funny because it was a year that I didn't try. Mm-hmm. Like I tried. I still put in effort to what with what I was doing. Mm-hmm. But so much of my mind and my heart and my soul was consumed in I have to do this. I have to do this. I have to do this. Right. Instead of just stepping back and letting it happen. Mm-hmm. And when I finally just let it happen and I let myself compete, mm-hmm. I freaking was able to unlock so much potential that I had in myself that I didn't know about. Wow. And so that was kind of the balance factor. Okay. So like as an athlete, I realized I had to be selfish, but at the same time I had to be selfless. Mm-hmm. I couldn't care so much about making the standard and getting set in this number. Mm-hmm. And like, if I would get through hurdles and it wasn't exactly what I had to score, mm-hmm. it's like, Oh, my heptathlon's ruined. Like I can't get through the rest of the six events. Right. It's like, no, like, okay, your hurdle score wasn't the greatest, but mm-hmm. keep going. You still have more events. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You still have more. So it's, I learned how to compartmentalize where I had to take each event and focus on the event Mm -hmm. instead of looking at the overall heptathlon. And I feel like the years previous, I was so focused on this overall score. Right. And if I didn't do this then I couldn't get this, if I didn't do this and I couldn't get that, everything was ruined. You just have to go compete and have fun. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. What do you think was that change? Was it the injury that kind of changed your mindset to look at it one event at a time? Or? Well, yeah, because I didn't really, I literally didn't know what was going to go yeah. on. I was like, well, am I going to, is this going to hurt me? Am I going to make it through? Right. So each event I was just, oh God, yes, I made it through. <laughs> next event. Yes, I made You're it through. You're so much more grateful for it. And the next thing you know, it ends up being the best heptathlon I've ever put together in my entire life. Wow. After not even doing half, like half of the training that yeah. I was able to do in previous years. Yeah. And so that was just the eye-opening factor where when you just go out and compete and have fun and love what you do Mm -hmm. sometimes that's just the only thing that needs to change yep and sometimes we just need to get out of our own way yeah get out of our own head so you are your your worst critic so true wow so then you make your national team and your national team and i think usa box that's amazing so so what is that like what does that entail um so they go through a selection process Mm -hmm. for various 
U.S. teams. Mm -hmm. Um, We have U.S. versus Germany, which is they'll pick the top seven heptathletes for the U.S., top seven Mm -hmm. heptathletes for Germany. You go in a head-to-head battle. And then we also have the Pan American Games. Well, they will select three U.S. heptathletes to go represent the U.S. for that. Okay. Uh, We also have a Capital Cup where they will select three U.S. athletes uh, to compete against Canada, Jamaica, there are mm-hmm. various countries that come for this uh, track and field meet. Mm-hmm. And then um, you have a world or an Olympic team where those three selection process happen at a U.S. Nationals or at the Olympic Trials. Okay. Um, so because of the score that I had put up in 2014, mm-hmm. I was able to be selected for the top three spots Mm-hmm. Um, for that U.S. national event that I went to. Mm-hmm. And so they send you this giant box in the mail of all this <laughs> USA gear. And, like, it's so funny because you, you compete. You compete to compete, but you really, like, compete for the box. Yeah. You're you want to wear like, that Team USA. Yeah, you're just like, yeah. oh, my gosh. Like, I get a chance to represent my country. Yeah. At, like, one of the biggest meets in the world. That's and so I got the box and I was just like literally like crying when they called me and told me that I yeah. made the selection process because I tried for so many years and I'd fallen short for so many years. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, it was such an overwhelming feeling that I will never forget. Wow. And, um, I threw myself a little like USA box party. It was so yeah. funny. My, my, it was me and my roommates <laughs> and they were like trying on my stuff. It was so fun. It was so fun. And to me, it's just like, it, it really showed me to trust the process mm-hmm. and the moments that I w- I'm able to remember now mm-hmm. getting through the process to me, that's what, that's what I cherish. Mm-hmm. And the people that I've been able to build relationships with going mm-hmm. through the process, that's what I'm able to cherish. Like, yeah, competing is amazing. Right. I really, 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 really wholeheartedly love the feeling of competing, mm-hmm. getting able to go out and really do your best and, and train and, and sh- like, you know, be able to just, Show the track what's up when you get there. But at the same time, you can't discredit the process and Mm -hmm. the people and just the time that you get, you're able to spend um, doing that. And I feel like sometimes I I took that for granted. And that's one thing like my mom passing away that I'm able to realize now is, you know, you can't take those things for granted Mm -hmm. because you, you, you're not, you're not, you might not have a chance to to do it anymore. So always cherish the moments that you have. It's so true. And it's so funny how sometimes it takes those, it does those setbacks or those hard times to teach us those lessons. I wish it was easier for us to learn. And if it's honest, honestly, like if that didn't happen, I don't think that I would have been able to be this receptive, Mm -hmm. um, to the extent that I am, I am now. Like Mm -hmm. it took something like that big for me to like, kind of get my smack in the face and just be like, Tiff, you know, like, you really need to start caring and cherishing the relationships that you have with people. And mm-hmm. yes, you have these goals and like, yeah, you want to make an Olympic trials. Like, mm-hmm. yes, you want to make a U.S. team, but that can't be your everything. Right. Because at the end of the day, you're going to come to an point, end point in your career right. at some point. Right. You need to realize that and you need to be able to, to have people in your corner when when you're not an athlete anymore. Right. And in my mind, I'm like, what do you mean when I'm not an athlete anymore? And then you get to your point where you're just like, your aha moment like yeah. I get it it makes sense it's it. so amazing and I think amazing too that you get to that point before your career is over because <laughs> I think so many people and professional athletes and Olympic athletes they their career is suddenly over and then they have no idea what to do or it's a very difficult time to start processing and thinking yeah. about okay where am I going to go from here mm-hmm. who is really who you know who's really my support system and it's so true it's so cool because I feel like like working with CrossFit I have a whole 
oh, a different support yeah. system. It's so funny. Like I'm at the Olympic trials and so I'm getting a text from Katrin, like <laughs> you got this 800, like you're good. You That's can go I'm just like, this is so awesome. <laughs> and I'm like chuckling to myself yeah. because it, like she's prepping for one of the biggest meets of her life and most one of the biggest events yeah. for her life. And I'm prepping for one of the biggest events of my life. Yeah. And we can support each other. It's amazing. And yeah. so to me, I'm just like, oh, this is so cool. Like the CrossFit community is so amazing. It is. It's, it's so amazing. It's just it's so motivating and positive. Oh, yeah. And it brings out, I think it really selects for really amazing people mm -hmm. because you have to, I mean, you have to have certain qualities if you're going to work that hard and if you're yeah. going to put yourself in uncomfortable situations and know that that's going to make you better. Yeah. So you have to be comfortable, get comfortable being uncomfortable. It's so true. Yeah. So true. <laughs> so you competed in the Olympic trials last year. Mm -hmm. And then I know recently you had a move. You were yeah. in California. Tell us a little bit about what's going on now. Um, so currently I live in Texas. Okay. I'm still training there and I'm training for worlds this summer. Okay. So I'll start my competition season at the end of this month. Okay. Um, we have an indoor and an outdoor season. So our indoor season may generally start in December and mm -hmm. go through March. Um, I chose not to do an indoor season okay. just because I had, I did so many heptathlons <laughs> for outdoor season, um, leading up into the Olympic trials, same process. They change our standard 45 days oh. before the Olympic trials. <laughs> and, um, I had the standard. And so for 45 days I was doing heptathlons, wow. which a general, like generally speaking, a heptathlete will do three and a half to maximum four. Uh -huh. I did six and a half. Wow. That's a lot of load on your body yeah. doing seven and different stress. disciplines and stress. And I was just like, I need a break. Yeah. I needed a break. So I didn't do indoor season. And it was it was really cool because it gave me time to kind of train and process. Mm -hmm. um, I had a really hard time after the Olympic trials mm -hmm. because for me, it was like I put all this time and hard work into four years yeah. and people at a round table get to dictate your career. Yeah. And I didn't understand that. And um I I really struggled with it because mm -hmm. I started to, to second guess the amount of effort and the work that I was putting mm -hmm. in if it was at the end of the day is this going to matter right and then I kind of got out of my rut and mm -hmm. I was like you know what uh no <laughs> <laughs> the whole like step into real life yeah. not there yet so <laughs> let's just figure this out let's take time in Texas talk to my coach um, I really had to learn that there's more than one way to get to the goal. Mm -hmm. And I am, I'm with a coach that kind of has a different training style and okay. a different perspective on the heptathlon. And there's nothing wrong with that. Mm -hmm. Um, at the end of the day, there's no like a pinch of salt, a pinch of pepper. This is like, the, there's not a perfect recipe, right? You can an put some cinnamon yeah. in there. Yeah. <laughs> but at the end of the day, as long as you have a plan, mm -hmm. you're totally fine. Mm -hmm. And as long as the plan doesn't deviate like dramatically away mm -hmm. from what the heptathlon is, mm -hmm. you're going to be fine as long as you trust the process. Right. And so now I'm in my trusting the process process in okay. Texas. Okay. And it's very different than being in California. Okay. Um, so you have a whole different training group and coach everything. and everything. I went from having a training group and having a training partner to mm -hmm. now, um, her going through her life process and getting engaged and moving to Colorado ah. to me being by myself. Okay. And that petrifies me. Yeah. Um, just because for the first time I've had to take my career into my own hands mm -hmm. at the end of the day, like if my coach is gone with the, the collegiate team, mm -hmm. I have to train, right. I have to get this done. I have to take responsibility for the plan and I have to do this. Mm -hmm. I have to know what I'm doing. And that's scary. Yeah. Especially for athletes. It's a lot of responsibility. It's a and, lot. Yeah. And I, I've realized over my 
career, like I've been extremely blessed where I've had multiple coaches do Mm -hmm. that for me. Mm -hmm. But at some point in your career, you have to be willing to do that yourself. Yeah. And, um, that's where I'm at now. That's amazing. So So it's another chapter. It's a whole different chapter (laughs) where I'm like, Whoa, I didn't even know this was in the book. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. But It's fun. It's, it's challenging, but it's fun. And so, yeah, I'm in Texas and Dallas hanging out doing my training thing it's cool that's awesome yeah and then every so often like chris came down Mm -hmm. um in december and he did a seminar so i got a chance to just kind of hang out with him so i'm like yay Yay. people friends i have no one in texas like no family didn't go to school there i have no correlation outside of just training yeah so well lots of focus on the training but still a very different experience from Mm -hmm. what you were talking about earlier and i noticed that as well just when i was in you know, in my training, there mm-hmm. were years where I had amazing training partners and I was in a great environment with my coach. And then yeah. there were years when I was away and mm-hmm. I was kind of on my own. And it's very different ball game when you're on your own. It you is. have to really, you realize how much it, you can rely on other people to kind of lift you up and be there on those days you were talking about when you're in a rut or when you don't feel like training. It's so true. But if you can motivate yourself to do it on your own, then, then you're good. You're good at any time, yeah. you know? It's so true. It's it gets difficult. Mm-hmm. It really does, especially when you have to do like eight hundred meter breakdowns. And oh gosh, eight hundred is just like I just oof. can't even imagine. <laughs> I'm I'm, t- I'm trying to work on telling myself now yeah. that I love it. I love the eight hundred. Yeah. When you do workouts, you're just like, gosh, I have to do this by myself. <laughs> like, so I've learned to just set my watch and you, right. you work off of the beep. Like right. when it beeps, you better you be go. at the mark that you have to be at. Right. And so you kind of have a little training partner, but yeah, that's true. Different. I, when I was doing a lot of Chris's workouts, I love, cause he breaks them down mm-hmm. even by the 100 pace. Yep. So every 100, you can look at your watch or yep. you know what you have to hit. And for me, that helped so much mm-hmm. because if I was on my own, I don't think I'd be moving that fast. Yeah. Cause you don't, you don't, <laughs> you don't really know you know what you're doing but you don't really know where you're at when Mm -hmm. you're running Mm -hmm. your main focus is just like get to the finish line yeah get to the finish line the whole breakdown of the hundreds you're just like what why am i I (laughs) am i am i on pace and it's like annoying to sit there and try to look at a watch and then try to do math in your head yeah it it, but it takes away from your workout Mm -hmm. and that's not the objective right and so you kind of really need some type of awareness when Mm -hmm. you're doing those type of workouts so you know like okay I'm on pace I'm feeling good Mm -hmm. and that's why like I love working with Chris and love talking to Chris Mm -hmm. because he is the other side of being a heptathlete for Mm -hmm. me like I know the sprinting I know the blocks I know the start I know the positions I know how to make someone fast I know how to be fast yeah the endurance part and like when he gets into seminar he talks about that wall that you hit yeah. and when you get to that wall I panic it's a whole different and so game. being in that seminar was just like don't panic mm-hmm. just take a step back so that you don't burn yourself out yeah and that was like freaking an aha moment like, yeah oh, I can I, I can, can slow do down this. yeah oh wait I can <laughs> slow down and I can still go faster <laughs> oh man it was just it it opened Pandora's box for me. That's I was amazing. Just like, Whoa! Yeah, especially I can't even this imagine took training to a whole different level. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean because he was talking about with me when I was working with him, I had a lot of problems with my four hundred, like hitting mm-hmm. that point, and I can't even imagine on an eight hundred how bad that would get. So <laughs> I mean, Chris speaks highly of you, so I'm sure you'd be fine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about I don't know about an eight hundred, but no, that's amazing. And then now that you're in Texas, I saw also that you are you working with some CrossFit athletes or some kids. 
mm-hmm. in at a CrossFit gym in Texas? Um, right now, I kind of just work with whoever needs okay. help. So that's kind of where I'm at now. Okay. Um, anyone that needs help, I'm more than willing to help them. Okay. Um, I've had lacrosse athletes. I've had soccer athletes. I just had a girl um, who had a soccer tryout for Princeton. Wow. And she came to me two weeks before her tryout. Okay. A little last minute homework. <laughs> was in Virginia for vacation. <laughs> and she was like, um... I need help. I have two weeks to make this collegiate soccer team and I need to be able to sprint fast. I'm like, okay, no pressure at all. (laughs) I have to get this girl into college in two weeks. This is cool. And I was like, okay, you're going to have three days. This is going to be miserable for you. Yeah. And I'm not even going to sit here and sugarcoat it and lie. I'm totally as transparent as they come. This is going to be extremely hard, Mm -hmm. but I'm not going to ask you to do something that I haven't done. Mm -hmm. And so she was up at 8 a.m., we did our weightlifting. I put her on like kind of the same schedule. I'm a schedule and routine person yep, because yep. in the HEP, you're not going to get a surprise. Right. Everything is going to be what it is. Mm-hmm. Seven events, seven things, same order, never changing. Yep. So I put her on a routine. I'm like, okay, you need to work on your recovery. Like mm-hmm. she would go cryo. She would ice. She would do everything that she needed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, 8 a.m. we would weightlift. 12, we would do skills. Mm-hmm. Evening, we were running. Mm-hmm. And she did that for two weeks straight. Wow. I gave her two off days. Yeah. So she had her recovery day. But for the most part, she met with me. That's amazing. Three hours a day. And she she had to do a beep test is what they're kind of okay. like end all, end all for soccer. And when she was with, with me, she we did a trial and she mm-hmm. didn't pass it. Hmm. And she was just devastated. Yeah. And I'm like, why are you devastated about not passing it here? Yeah. Like that's not the objective. The objective is now, you know, the potential that you have. I was like, Hey, we know well, now we have a starting point. Mm-hmm. This isn't the end. This is the beginning of where we're going to get you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you're able to come out here and run this with me. Mm-hmm. So the end of the first week, <laughs> we did it a second week and she passed it. Awesome. And then I was like, you're ready. Like, go out there and really believe and do what you're doing with me when you're there. Mm -hmm. Don't get wrapped up in, well, these girls have been doing this. These girls have been training for six weeks. Mm -hmm. She didn't even have the training program. She didn't know what the soccer program was until four days before she had to fly out for this tryout. Wow. And I was like, we don't need it. Yeah, you're ready. You're ready. You have this. You can do this. If you wholeheartedly believe in the training that you've done and Mm -hmm. you trust the process of everything that I've gotten you to do, then you're going to be fine. Mm -hmm. And so she she flies out. I like write her. I'm like a thank you note person. I write her a little note and like, I was like, don't open this until you get into the plane. Okay. And then she opened it and I'm like, trust the process. Like really believe in everything that Mm -hmm. you've, you've put your heart and your soul into all the pain that you've experienced. You know, these girls didn't go through this. I highly doubt that these girls are doing like repeat 800s as a soccer player. And I was just like, you can do it. Like I, I wholeheartedly believe Mm -hmm. that you can do this. And I told her, I was like, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. If I didn't believe that you could do it, I would be like, okay, we might need a little more time in two weeks. (laughs) But I'm like, I see the determination. And I was like, you can do this. Mm -hmm. And so she goes out, she makes the soccer team and she ends up playing. She calls me. She's like crying. She's like, I was the second fastest on the test. And she trained for two weeks. That's amazing. And there was no like secret. Mm -hmm. I'd, I was like, you have to have a plan. You have to have a program. And And I think too, the belief I think is such a huge thing like that. Make or break you to know that someone believes so much in you, I think gives you so much power too. And it's so true. It's so so true. true. And just having that and being able to give that to someone is such Mm. an amazing gift too. And it's so funny (laughs) for me. I'm like, like, 
when Chris talks about like <laughs> being able to work with Rich for the first time, like yeah. that was my feeling with this collegiate athlete. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to make or break this girl's life. Right. Like college to me, like education is everything. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh God, she has to, like, she has to do this. <laughs> I'm like, she has to do this. There's no, like, there's no, fa- failure is not an option. Right. And so I was like, you're going to do this. This you is what you're way. doing. Yeah. She's thinking, I'm like, okay, she can do this. Can she do this? Yeah. Heck yeah, she can do this. <laughs> I know she can do this. And she did it. I'm like, oh, thank you, God. She did it. Oh, that's so amazing. Wow. So, so cool that you get to work with other people too and yeah. share all of your experience and what do you hope for people, for young athletes or track athletes or anyone else? what do you hope to pass on to them or what do you, what advice would you give them? Um, it's the perseverance aspect mm-hmm. and that, that word sticks with me and it will stick with me for the rest of my career. Mm-hmm. Um, being that athlete that really just had to work. Mm-hmm. Like I really, 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 really had to work. <laughs> I had to do the stuff that people kind of like sat back like ah, I don't I don't really need to for- focus on my form like right. I really don't have to do those drills like ah, my warm-up doesn't have to be 30 to 45 minutes long mm-hmm. it's like no I was the first person at the track mm-hmm. and I was the last person at the track and mm-hmm. for me it was it was a an Olympic gold medalist telling me that that extra five percent that I'm willing to put in mm-hmm. that's the difference yeah. that's the difference between being a collegiate athlete and being a professional athlete mm-hmm. is you have to be willing to do that extra 5% that people take advantage of. Especially if you're you're not the person that is the God-gifted sprinter. Right. You really have to zone in and focus and do extra things to make sure that you are just as good as them. Mm-hmm. And my just kind of like takeaway for them is like never let someone tell you that you can't do anything. Mm-hmm. Because as long as you have a plan, as long as you have a process, and as long as you have a support system that really believes in you, mm-hmm. you're able to do anything that you want to do. And yeah, like the limits are endless. You can literally do whatever you want to <laughs> do. If you want to make a U.S. team or you want to be at the CrossFit Games yeah. or you want to be one of the best in the world, position yourself to do that. Mm-hmm. Like find my the first thing is you have to find people that believe in you. Yep. Your environment is everything. everything. If your environment isn't healthy, your environment isn't positive, it's going to be really difficult. Not impossible, but it's going to be really difficult for you to achieve what you want to achieve. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you kind of just have to position yourself for greatness. And that's one of the ways that you do it is you, you have to be around amazing people mm-hmm. that really trust the process with you. So yeah. amazing. Amazing. That's what I would do. <laughs> All right. Well, I want to close. I have three questions. I usually ask everyone at the end. Okay. So first one is three things you do on a regular basis that have the biggest positive impact on your health. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I smile and laugh. That is a perfect one. <laughs> I really do. I've noticed that in the yeah, day or so like, that I've known you. <laughs> Why is this girl always so happy? And I'm like, yeah. well, your laughter is everything. Yes. And for me, it's just like, I, I really enjoy the moments that I'm with people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't take them for granted. Mm-hmm. And so for me, like I laugh. And if I'm not laughing, I find something to laugh at. <laughs> or I just position myself around people that really just like, that are joyful. Mm -hmm. And I I feel like that's one of the biggest things that you have to have daily. You have to be able to experience some type of joy Mm -hmm. in your life. Um, So laughter is definitely the first one. (laughs) Um, Whether it's the beginning of me waking up in the morning or in Mm -hmm. the evening, like I definitely have like my five to 10 minute like devotional self time. Mm -hmm. Um, I pour so much into people Mm -hmm. and like, I am very like transparent. Like I said before, I'm black or white. I give or I just need to chill. And um, my chill time, I kind of just like open my Bible, do Mm -hmm. my devotional, 
chill and kind of just really meditate on on me yeah because sometimes I neglect me as a person because I care so much for other people mm-hmm. and um, you kind of have to learn to balance and mm-hmm. that's one of the things over the past two years that I've really like seen the importance of is mm-hmm. you have to have time for self before you can have time for other people absolutely um, my third one I eat a massive breakfast yes oh gosh What's your I love- favorite breakfast what do you oh eat? <laughs> <laughs> I was like you can be honest <laughs> oh if I could eat one thing for breakfast every single day, mm-hmm. it would be breakfast burritos. Oh, yeah. I, like, love <laughs> breakfast burritos. That sounds so good. And six-shot espresso. Mm, wow. That's it. Six. I won't drink coffee for the rest of the day. Wow. But, like, me and six, <laughs> me and espresso, three pumps of toffee nut, we're money. You're good to go. We're, we're money. You're we can take over day. the world. Yep. <laughs> awesome. So that's it. Big breakfast, smile, and just take time for yourself. I love it. What about one thing that you think would have a big impact, but you have a hard time implementing it? Ooh. Something you're working on. Mm, that's a great question. <laughs> big impact. <laughs> I think that I, I should go to sleep earlier. Mm. Yeah. I really need to practice sleeping. sleeping. How much sleep do you usually get on average? Um probably like six to seven hours mm, yeah and i definitely should be in that like eight to ten hour yeah. zone <laughs> yeah totally especially if you're doing With three different training, training sessions yeah. yeah and so for me um sleep is a big thing but mm-hmm. it's it's really hard because i do so much throughout the day yep. but that's where it goes back to my healthy things where you kind of really have to learn to take things right set those you boundaries gotta, yeah for i just i have a problem saying no yeah but you have to say no <laughs> you have to say no and take time for yourself because if i if i'm not rested there's no way that i'm uh, no way that i'm going to be able to to be optimal in my in my training and right. and i have to be in order to be where i want to be so sleeping go to bed at like nine yeah yeah i'm with you on that one <laughs> i would love to go to bed at nine every day yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right what does a healthy life look like to you um a healthy life to me is it's the same thing it's how I live now it's mm-hmm. like you have to position yourself to be around amazing people mm-hmm. so as long as you throughout your life experience joy mm-hmm. to me I really don't like using the word happiness because mm-hmm. I feel like happiness can be swayed by emotions like sure. you can have a good day you can have a bad day but if you really are around good people and you really have just wholehearted joy Mm -hmm. your life is going to be amazing because you're never going to have disappointment you're always going to have something positive to look forward to Mm -hmm. um and if you're around those types of people you're just going to live a a better life and Mm -hmm. and i feel like for me that's one of the things that my mom tried to get me to realize at such a young age just like you know what if you love yourself then you're able to to pour that love into other people Mm -hmm. and that's what we're here for. Yeah. Like you're, you're here <laughs> to just to have a good time and like to just really help people be better people. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So as long as you do that, that's what a healthy lifestyle is. I love it's it. a balance between having joy for yourself and being able to share that with other people. Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> I love it. Well, yeah. thank you for sharing your joy with all of us well, here. Thanks for allowing me to. <laughs> it was so great to talk to you. You too. And yeah, I think we have more training in store for the weekend. So we I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I'm, I'm going to practice my sprinting. <laughs> I'm going to practice keeping up with her. That's what I'm going to practice. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Tiffany. No problem. Thanks so much, Joel. 
Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in. I love Tiffany's energy and it was amazing to hear how the unexpected death of her mother helped her to put some things in perspective in her life and focus on how she can best use her talents and passions as a professional athlete and in coaching others today. I also was lucky enough to work with her for a few minutes on my own sprinting technique while I was in Cookville, and I can definitely see why she's in high demand by so many CrossFit Games athletes. To make sure you never miss an episode and to receive exclusive content from me, head to my website, juliefouché.com, and subscribe to my email list. If you like what you heard, don't forget to subscribe and consider giving the podcast a five-star rating on iTunes. Also, don't forget to share your stories. If you or someone you know has used lifestyle to overcome a serious health challenge, please send me an email at info at juliefouché.com. I'll choose some of these inspiring stories to share here on future episodes. Don't forget you can train with me through Beyond the Whiteboard by visiting trainwithjuliefouché.com. Thank you again so much for listening, and I'll catch you next time on Pursuing Health. This episode is brought to you by Thrive Market. If you haven't heard of Thrive Market yet, they sell top organic and healthy products online at 25 to 50% off, shipped straight to your doorstep. So as a sponsor of this episode of the podcast, they're providing an amazing offer to all Pursuing Health listeners. You can head to www.thrivemarket.com forward slash PH, and there you'll receive an additional 25% off your first purchase, as well as free shipping and a free 30-day trial. So why do I love Thrive Market so much? You probably know my husband, Danny, and I have been living a very chaotic lifestyle for the past several years, from medical school to now residency training and training for the CrossFit Games in there as well. We didn't have a lot of time for grocery shopping every week or meal prep. And so using Thrive Market, we can shop for all of our staple grocery items, things like nut butters, cooking oils, snack bars, dressings, even coffee and tea. And we know that when we're ordering through Thrive Market, they're coming, these products are coming from a curated list that we know we can trust. So whether you're looking for paleo, vegan, gluten-free, non-GMO, or organic products, you can find them on the Thrive Market platform at prices that are 25 to 50% below what you would find in the grocery store. And even better, these items are shipped straight to your doorstep, so you don't have to worry about the time or the hassle of grocery shopping. I also love that Thrive Market demonstrates a big commitment to giving back. So for everyone who signs up for a Thrive Market membership, another membership is donated to a low-income family, veteran, or teacher. Thrive Market's mission is to make healthy living easy and approachable to everyone, and this aligns perfectly with my own personal mission and that of pursuing health. Because Thrive Market has been such a huge lifesaver in my own life, I wanted to share the benefits with all of you, and they've responded with an amazing offer. So as I mentioned before, you can head to www.thrivemarket.com forward slash PH to receive 25% off your first purchase and free shipping and a free 30-day trial. Again, this is on top of their already 25 to 50% below retail prices. So I hope you take advantage of this amazing offer and enjoy their service as much as I have. Once again, that website is thrivemarket.com forward slash PH. You can head there to save on some of your favorite items for healthy living and also help make a healthy lifestyle easy, affordable, and accessible for all. This episode is brought to you by Mobility Wad. Do you struggle to get into good positions in your training and workouts? Are your movement compensations causing you undue pain and grief? MWOD's belief is that every human being should be able to perform basic maintenance on themselves. For nearly 10 years, Mobility Wad has been the go-to for the world's best athletes and teams. 
Do you know what hundreds of Olympic and world-class athletes, professional teams in the NFL, MLB, basketball, hockey, rugby, and soccer, and dozens of universities all have in common? They use Mobility Wad to train and compete at their best. I first took Dr. Kelly Surratt's Movement and Mobility course in 2013, and since then have read his books and followed his videos for ideas on how to address my own movement restrictions. But sometimes having all this information can become overwhelming, which is why I think the real genius is in the MWOD subscription. As part of this subscription, you have access to not only hundreds of hours of video content that can be filtered based on your specific questions, but also a daily 10-minute Mobility WOD video. You just log in and follow Kelly's instructions as if he is there coaching you in person for 10 minutes per day. You may pick up certain exercises that you wish to incorporate on a regular basis before or after your workouts. But at the very least, by following this daily program, you know you are addressing a wide range of movement patterns and body parts on a regular basis without having to think about it. I often do these sessions first thing in the morning or before bed as a way to wind down from the day. In addition, you have access to an on-ramp sequence and a 14-day mobility challenge that helps you understand the basics and identify the areas you personally need to focus on. You can lean on the MWOD community and discussion boards to learn from others who have been through similar situations or injuries. And if you need more personalized help, you can use the MWOD list to find a like-minded practitioner in your area. It's easy to become part of the Mobility WOD community, but for being a Pursuing Health listener, you can receive 20% off an annual membership with code Julie Fouché. That's J-U-L-I-E-F-O-U-C-H-E-R. Just visit www.mobilitywad.com. Full potential, full power. Thank you.